Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that is in celebration of the earth. Inspired to live in a mindful, health-filled way. Humbled by the depths of inner exploration and the power of practicing daily ritual. In love with the beauty of cultures worldwide and the adventurous nature of travel and dedicated to a life of heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits, and a whole lot of mojo. So, hi guys, welcome back again to another episode on our podcast. This one is going to be slightly different in a sense that it's kind of half of um, an exploration, a conversation into human design, um, with a beautiful woman, Annabelle. And, um, then it also kind of flows into, I guess, more of a a personalized reading for me. So, um, you know, perhaps if you've, if you've gained enough about human design and you want to just book in with Annabelle before, um, you know, we get to the more (laughs) Chloe centered thing, um, you can just, you know, tune out. Um, but if you are curious about my chart and maybe want to get a bit more of a sense into how her sessions go and what areas, um, you know, of your energetic system and energetic output, input, um, you know, areas of your chart that she goes through, um, yeah, you can you can continue to listen to that second kind of portion of the conversation. So Annabelle defines human design and discovering our human design blueprint um, in a sense that it's like discovering our unique energetic fingerprint (laughs) Um, and the way that we are here to occupy space and operate in the world and oftentimes this can be quite different from the way that I guess we've been domesticated or brought up to be Um, and the way that society is set up for us to be. Um, I guess a common feeling in that sense is, you know, people working eight to ten hours a day, the nine to five, you know, for for a lot of people that is fine and a lot of people it can really send them into, yeah, complete burnout and unbalance. So human design is a kind of lens into... Um, you know, based on elements of your birth time and birth date and location. Um, so bringing in this sort of astrological elements, um, but a whole kind of expanded um, version, <laughs> including elements of science too. Um, there is this this whole very in-depth chart that gets created and um, basically you discover many different um, areas of you innately and um, I'll, I'll allow her to get into it in the conversation so I won't you know discuss too much in this introduction but essentially an idea that we keep returning to within this conversation is that nothing that is revealed within the human design um, reading that you would do with someone or looking at your chart um, nothing is new in a sense you know it's it's just really remembering all of those qualities that we have and our energetic 
um, abilities and, and how is best for us to navigate in the world. And it's more about, as she kind of puts it, rewilding and stripping back and giving ourselves the time and space and the opportunity and, and the love really to come back to that essence where we know instinctively when we're out of balance and when we're in balance and what feels good relationships wise, work wise, um, just lifestyle wise. So I really enjoyed learning more about human design and I think it's a really valuable tool, especially for this time when a lot externally is quite um, intense and unknown. It's beautiful to continue to awaken within ourselves um, our ability to know ourselves deeper so that we can navigate the external craziness um, with a bit more grace. So I'll allow Annabelle to drop you into the human design realm. I would love to hear kind of as we begin just how yeah. human design found you. I'd love to hear like that story and um, yeah, how it came to you and then how, yeah, how you've kind of taken it and, and begun, you know, your work is doing readings and helping other people discover more about themselves through this lens, I guess. It really just kind of dropped into my life. It just appeared. I was like, the true honest story is that I was at a house party and I overheard someone talking about human design. Like I had never heard of it before. And I had thought it, this was maybe three years ago. And I had thought at that point I had heard of everything under the sun. Like I had done astrological readings. I had read the I Ching. I had done all these tarot things. Like I felt like I had encountered all there was to encounter in the kind of like esoteric reading world. So I truly just like interrupted this conversation and I was like, what are you guys talking about? And this girl was like, oh, there's this thing called human design. Um, and she didn't really tell me what it was. She just looked up my chart and she was like, okay, you're meant to listen to your gut. But it sparked something in me because I had never seen anything like it before. Like just visually, it's quite different. I just Googled it and looked at my chart for myself and started to kind of begin to put the pieces together of my own chart. So it really was a long sort of self-discovery learning process. Like I never intended to trained to be a reader of other people's charts. Like I really kind of learned a little bit for myself and then tested it out in my life. And I mean, there's literally a thing in my chart that has to do with like learning through experience. So I kind of had to live it to see that it actually worked and see that it was actually real because I'm kind of like a natural skeptic. I'll never just like blindly believe in something. So I had to actually see how it played out in my life. So it's like, I learned a little piece and then I took on another piece and then I took on another piece and I really learned about it so slowly over the course of maybe two years. And I started to look at friends charts and um, I'd like bug all of my friends every few months being like, what time are you born again? Because I'd like learn about some other sections and I'd have to like look up their chart again. So it really started with myself, but then also just with people I already knew so that I could see how it actually worked. Because I mean, to me, I've done all of these other kind of esoteric readings and different things that I didn't feel like they actually had any sort of practical implication. Even if I found them helpful, 
it's kind of like I didn't really know what to do with that information. Like if I had an astrological reading that would tell me, oh, this might happen or this might be a challenging year because of this. Like I didn't really ever know what to do with that information in real time. It kind of felt like, okay, so I'm just supposed to kind of grit my teeth and wait it out. Um, but then I felt like human design gave me this very practical tool because essentially what it is, is this roadmap to your own energy and your own guidance system. So all it is, even though it's so complex, has so many layers, it's just how you are designed to use your energy and make decisions as you. So there's kind of that idea that's like, have you heard people say like, when you start wanting what your soul wants, then you get what you want faster or something like that. There's kind of that idea. So I feel like human design as an extension of that is like, okay, well, if you start acting like your soul, if you start actually acting like you, then your life is going to line up faster. And I mean, I saw it work in my own life when I started kind of acting in the way that human design was leading me towards, which honestly is a way that felt very natural to me and like natural on a deep level, not, not natural, like that's how I was operating because I very much was not operating in that way. <laughs> and I don't think I had ever operated in that way. It was kind of like the way I kind of maybe wanted to operate as a little kid, but I was taught to be something else. But I found that when I started using my energy in a more correct way, according to my design, things in my life sort of lined up more. So I really see it as understanding how to navigate life and operate as you but everyone's chart is so unique and so different it's literally called the science of differentiations this idea that we're all actually we have our own unique truth our own unique kind of guidance system what works for one person might not work for you so it's it's interesting like the more i leaned into my own guidance the more i saw results from it. So I saw it as this very kind of practical thing. So it just sort of built on top of itself from my own curiosity because I saw that it was working on a practical level. And then when I kind of had the last puzzle piece come together for my own chart, I all of a sudden could understand anyone else's chart because I, I could see kind of the ins and outs. And I do see it as this puzzle where it's like, okay, you have that piece. I don't have this piece. So this is how we would work together. Like, this is how you're different than me, or here's where we're similar. It's like, I kind of see it as these kind of, we're all these different puzzle pieces fitting together. So yeah, it kind of, it's the learning process has been in a very natural way, but it's, it's seemingly complex, but all it really is, is as you said before, like how you're meant to use your energy and make decisions and navigate life. So it's actually quite a simple thing, even though it might seem kind of scary and complicated. It was founded in 1987. So if you think about astrology or all these other systems that it's kind of based off of or it takes from, those systems have all been around for an incredibly long amount of time. 1987 really wasn't that long ago. So as its own thing, it's completely new. And there hasn't been a lot of progress from it because it's still so new. So it's kind of this like baby thing. But in 1987, this um, man had this essentially like eight day meditation download where he just got all of the information <laughs> for this system. <laughs> so he kind of went into 
I mean, he said he had this like voice essentially speak it through him. It was like a channeled experience, but it's so, I mean, I'm such a natural skeptic that I kind of, I can't tell the story of how it began with a straight face because it's just kind of like (laughs) so funny to me, but it's interesting to me that it brings together some aspects of science and like how different particles are are going through the universe and how that means that the planets have an effect on us. So it's kind of science, but then a combination of all of these ancient wisdoms, but somehow it being all brought together. I mean, he got this like eight day meditation. He had this whole system. He understood it. Like even with the astrological component, it's sort of like two astrological charts overlaid on top of each other. So you have kind of a more unconscious side of your chart, which is called your design side. And then you have a more conscious chart, which is based off of your birth date. So you have your birth date, but then what's called your design date, which is kind of the day that's said to be the day that your soul entered your body. And then your birth date is the day you were born. But you have these kind of two dates where astrological information from those two dates are brought forward. And then those two things are put on top of each other to create your body graph, which is your actual chart. Um, So it's interesting because he, I mean, truly, who knows? He says it completely changed him as a person. Like he changed his name. Um, He had this whole awakening as he downloaded the system and he didn't live for very long after, which I find very interesting. Um, I think he... I mean, I think he was like in his late 40s when he died in 2011-ish. So he wasn't, and I I could be totally wrong. I'm really bad with remembering dates and and numbers and things like that. But he wasn't old. (laughs) Like he founded the system when he was quite young and then he just dedicated his life to it. But yeah, it really is kind of all these ancient things brought together. Um, But he wasn't... The founder, his name is Ra Aruhu. He wasn't a writer. He wasn't really much of a storyteller. So it's interesting because he would kind of go around and speak about it and talk about the system and the sort of like founding work of it. It's quite dense because the language is coming from this man who, yeah, I mean, he had this like eight day meditation. He downloaded this whole system. He was kind of like a little bit off in outer space, obviously. (laughs) So the founding language around it feels kind of inaccessible. And I find that often people will start looking up their chart and they'll get very intimidated or it'll feel dogmatic or they'll be like, oh, I have the gate of crisis. It means my life is going to be in crisis. Like there's all these kind of names of things that can sound kind of limiting or awful, but I don't believe that that's at all what it means. I think it just kind of was brought from these ancient systems combined in this way that's a little bit out there um, and it hasn't had enough time to evolve to a very kind of grounded accessible place but why I mean part of the reason why I feel so passionate about it is because it kind of has these sort of seemingly like woo-woo origins but I've seen it work on such a practical level that it really, to me, feels like this almost futuristic thing that this man brought forward just 
probably way too early for anyone to like really be able to comprehend it. And now I feel like it's starting to rise in popularity and different people are kind of lending their different voices to it. But just like anything else, it'll, it'll take time from when it was first kind of discovered to really make sense of it. So, so yeah, it has a really kind of interesting, interesting roots, interesting origin story. I definitely resonate with what you said too about like, yeah, perhaps it is like he birthed it kind of then, you know, but it's really going to take off in the, in the time, like from now and onwards where it's yeah. really needed, you know. I feel that also in, in a sense of, I know obviously like plant medicines and things like that aren't for everyone, but there's also that similar kind of um, feeling that I have with them, you know, that that resurgence is coming because there is like a collective need for that energy or for that, um, those teachings and that wisdom to, to come through and it comes through in those plants and, and also through these other modalities. And obviously just obviously, as we know, like I, I feel personally since like 2012, it's kind of been, a quickening happening, you know, within a lot of us individuals. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful to see all of these, um, you know, alternate <laughs> ways of living or modalities or um, they're just really fully mainstream now. And I feel like it, that's only going to increase too. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really beautiful to, to see people, um, so much more open to these things too that perhaps would you would have never thought that they would have been you know <laughs> it's interesting because human design even says that we're moving into a new paradigm mm. in 2027 essentially we've been in this one paradigm for hundreds of years and in 2027 we're shifting into a new one and of course it's not like january 1st 2027 everything's going to be different it's like we've been in the same paradigm since the 1700s. Like obviously a lot has changed since the 1700s. So it's like a slow process, but this fact that you mentioned a quickening, like to me, that's what it feels like right now. It feels like there were these things like human design that were kind of born. I mean, the resurgence and, and the popularity of plant medicine and all this stuff. It's like, we're being given the tools to prepare ourselves for what's next and we're also kind of in this sped up place where we're like unwinding the rest of the karma of this cycle we've been in for so long and in 2027 we start a new cycle mm. according to the system which is so i mean i get like goosebumps talking yeah, about me it. too <laughs> i was just like, like so my whole body so undeniable i mean like i'm in los angeles right now and like America is such a crazy place. Like I'm not, I'm Canadian, so I'm not even from here, but I'm <laughs> like in the, what feels like the Mecca of craziness right now, but it really does feel like we're being asked to enter into something completely new. I think all of these things just help us obviously like lead us back to um, how we are meant to, to walk this life and how it would resonate best for us too. So I'd love to hear kind of, yeah, how you've seen it shape and impact people that you've like been working with too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I really believe, I mean, I never want to speak for anyone else, um, but from my own experience and from what I've seen in other people, but truly it's just been like, it, it brings people back to this sense of, oh, right. Yeah. Like that's actually true for me i'm not crazy or there's reason why me trying to be like someone else isn't working like i find people get 
almost like their exhaustion explained or why they feel so far away from themselves explained. And then they get this permission slip to be like, no, this is actually like, maybe just try this out. Maybe just experiment with this because this is actually the pathway to you experiencing everything that you want to experience from a soul place. So how I've experienced it in my own life and how I've seen it in, in people I've worked with, it's like, it's a coming back to yourself and coming back to your own guidance and trusting it on a deeper level because sometimes we just need that permission slip. We need that reminder of like, oh, right, okay, it, this isn't just in my head. Like my experience with human design was mostly that I've grown up feeling like an alien and a crazy person. So <laughs> having this thing reflected back to me, I was like, oh, wow, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe this is actually how I'm supposed to be. It, it gave me this permission slip to then be that, even though it wasn't giving me new information. Like I have yet to actually read for someone who's like, wow, I've never felt that before, or this is brand new to me. Like so often people describe a sense of relief that comes from having a reading done. But to me, relief is really just like being able to like relax back into yourself. So I feel like that's kind of the, the biggest gift is that we have tools to navigate as ourselves rather than constantly being pulled away by other people or by the environment. And it really is kind of like a learning experience of constantly coming back to you. I mean, even the founder of Human Design said that it takes like seven years or something to really live your design. And I mean, let's say it does take seven years if you're really kind of diligent about it. Once seven years hits, let's say you're perfectly living your design, you're perfectly living in line with what your soul wants from you, you're still going to have life happen. Like, <laughs> you're still going to like be in relationships with others, you're still have people try and like pull you away from yourself, you're still going to have people give you advice that maybe doesn't work for you. Like, there's still going to be opportunities to be pulled away. And I see it just as a roadmap to bring yourself back to you and to really trust yourself more like it's just this this ability to be self-guided and I mean that's how it's shown up in my life and that's how I see it showing up in, in other people's life like often it's it's a sense of relief and it's a sense of direction even and I'm, I don't mean direction in the sense that okay now I have this perfect five-year plan I mean, direction in the sense that, okay, now I know how to navigate my day-to-day -day and my big life decisions as me. And it so quickly works that it's kind of, it becomes really easy to lean into because it is just kind of leaning into you. And I mean, this is probably a horrible thing to say as someone who is now a human design reader, but I don't think we'll need human design <laughs> in the future because I really just do see it as this tool to like pull you back to you. But once you're with you, it's just about staying with you. So, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I really resonate with what you say about like the person or yeah. And you just not discovering anything new about yourself too, because I feel like, so many times like people go to readers to really like get answers and you know like tell me what I'm supposed to do or like tell me you know who I actually am but it's like you already instinctively know that it's just the ability to like you say just trust yourself on a deeper level and have that 
I think, yeah, like you say, we just need that external like validation too. It's like why we see any sort of therapist or go and hang out with our friend and talk through stuff. It's like, you just need a sounding board really. But like, you do know all of that stuff within yourself and you know those answers. Like, even if you think that you don't, like there's always little whispers that will come through or like little signs or everyone has their own unique like way that they interpret their intuition or the way that it comes to them too. So um, yeah, like you say, it's just about learning more of those nuances, I guess, too. Um, and, and this is just a beautiful like framework to kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah. And no longer outsourcing any of that stuff. It's like, if you're not outsourcing it, if you're not constantly asking someone else, like, cause often we'll hear things like, Oh, you have all the answers, you have everything you need. But I mean, that to me always felt very inaccessible because I was like, well, I don't know what I have inside. Like it just felt so far away and the advice of just like oh well listen to yourself I didn't know what to listen to because everything inside me felt quite muddled whereas human design made it clear like actually there's a difference between a feeling from your body than a feeling that's coming from intuition than something that's coming from emotion like there's all these different systems inside of your unique system that can guide you so yeah no longer outsourcing to me feels like one of the biggest um gifts of it and truly like the purpose of it coming Mm -hmm. back to you Mm -hmm. yeah so shall we go through what the different you know how do they call them archetypes or types energy types types Types. okay yeah Yeah, let's go through kind of yeah what what they are and maybe just some like yeah qualities or energies of those and yeah yeah you can totally just look up your type i only knew my type for maybe like six months. So I really do think that there's a gift in learning it a bit slowly and taking your time with it. Or even if you get a reading, like not immediately then going and reading up everything under the sun. Like I do think it's something that needs to integrate in your system. But the types is really where it all begins. It's kind of like the umbrella that everything else then falls under. So your type is determined by what energy centers you have defined versus what centers you have undefined and how the defined ones are connected. So if you look up your chart on my body graph or any of the different websites, you'll see this crazy looking thing with either lots of color or lots of whiteness or a mix between color and whiteness. And everywhere that you see color, that's kind of where the energy is coming from inside of you. Whereas everywhere that's white, it's kind of where you're more open and sensitive to picking up the energy from other people. So your type is determined by that relationship. And your type is really your relationship with your energy in the world, how you kind of give and take your relationship between work and rest. If you have kind of an engine inside of you that creates your own energy or if you don't really create your own energy and you're kind of more here in a different role. So there are five different energy types and you can either be what's called an energy being or a non-energy being. And the energy beings are the ones with an engine inside of them, whereas the non-energy beings, they don't actually have that same engine. So they're more here to kind of guide or mirror energy rather than be the ones who are doing the doing. So the energy beings, the ones who are kind of really here to be sort of doing the doing because they can create their own energy, 
are the generators and the manifestors and the manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are kind of like a hybrid between manifestors and generators. And the generator quality, so generators and manifesting generators together, that makes up most of the population. They say it's about 70%. I personally think it's a little bit less because I think that there's more non-energy beings being born now, but Anyways, it's most of the population that has kind of this generator engine, whereas the non-energy beings, which are the projectors and reflectors, and you're a projector, the non-energy beings, they don't have that same engine. They don't have these kind of motor centers that create their own energy. So they are more here to be this gu these guides or these mirrors of energy rather than be the ones who are acting from this engine inside of them that's like kind of making them move so the energy beings it's really interesting i mean manifestors are are more rare and they kind of have this to me they almost feel like a hybrid between an energy being and a non-energy being because they kind of have this unique sort of way that their system works but generators they have this the sacral center defined. So it's the square in your chart that has to do with productivity and creativity and desire. So when they're doing something they love, they actually get energy from doing that thing. So they're really here to kind of be these engines, be these ones who feel so alive in their bodies on a really visceral level that they kind of like can't help but be drawn towards the things that are in alignment for them because the things that are in alignment for them will be so attractive that they actually like kind of have this body response before they even have a mind response because they feel this aliveness in their body in a visceral way so they can actually work for 8 10 12 hours a day if they love what they're doing because they get energy from doing that thing and that can be lots of different things in their life it doesn't have to be like just because they love riding their bike they have to go become a professional athlete and like ride a bike all the time. Like they're going to have lots of different things that give them energy. Um, but that generator thing is, is such an, it's such an interesting concept because often you'll, you'll hear, hear people talk in kind of like the personal development space about like, just do what lights you up, do what makes you feel alive. Like that's really a generator thing, but not everyone has that same kind of engine that sort of quickens when they're engaged with something that's in alignment. Not everyone is designed to work an 8, 10, 12 hour day, even if they love what they're doing. Manifestors, they're designed to work in bursts, so they don't have that same sacral defined, but they have another kind of motor center that's defined. So they get energy in kind of these surges. They get these spontaneous sort of bursts out of nowhere. And they're really kind of here to make their own rules and be these kind of leaders and we're meant to follow them like they're meant to be like let's do this i want to create this it kind of comes out of nowhere and they're meant to run out the door after that but they get this strong burst to begin and once they begin they don't necessarily have energy to continue for 8 10 12 hours so they're meant to like work in a burst and then rest and then work in a burst and then rest but they can kind of have multiple bursts in a day, let's say. Whereas the non-energy beings, so the projectors and reflectors, they don't have those engines, so they don't have that consistent thing. They also don't have that bursting thing. So their energy works in such a different way, 
Whereas like a projector, for example, you can go into a productive environment or a creative environment. You have your sacral center, which again is the productivity and creativity one. You have that center open. So you can amplify that energy. You can be super sensitive to it. You can take it in. You can like make it bigger than it is. So you can be the most productive, the most creative. But because that's not actually your energy, because you're really amplifying the energy of your environment or what's around you, you're not designed to sustain that for more than a few hours. So the non-energy beings are really only meant to work in a creative and productive sense for three to four hours a day. And it's not that you're like only meant to be awake for three to four hours a day and the rest of the day you're sleeping. It's like really being kind of on in the sense that you need to be productive, you need to be creative, you need to kind of be active in that way. That's a short window of time because really you're going to be amplifying that energy that's around you. But it's such an interesting thing because these non-energy beings like projectors, it's like they can amplify that energy. They're not really meant to live in that place, but because that energy is something they're picking up and being sensitive to, they can actually be really wise about it and they can be really efficient about it, which is why as a projector, for example, you're kind of more here to be this guide because you can go into that kind of environment and be like, hey, actually, if we did this this way, it would make so much more sense or um, this is way more efficient or here's a better approach to this. You're just not meant to be the one who's like going, 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 going all the time because you don't have that same engine. So the types at kind of like a baseline level, thinking about them as a relationship between work and rest, it's like if you're an energy being, you have this ability to really like be turned on by what you're doing and you can kind of go for more of the day if you're a manifester you need kind of these kind of breaks in between and you need a bit more rest than a generator but really it's like the non-energy beings they just have such a different way of operating and projectors make up like 30 percent of the population so you're not you're not that rare <laughs> but it's interesting because we're kind of living in this mentality that's like if you want to be successful you gotta hustle the energy beings the generators it's not that they're meant to be hustlers in the sense that they're never meant to rest or they're never meant to sleep it's just that they literally get energy from doing things that are in a line so it's such a different relationship between work and rest depending on if you're an energy being or a non-energy being and that's kind of where it all begins. So I can run through the types a little bit separately and just speak on kind of their main way that they sort of like make things happen in the world that might be useful. So there's this thing in human design called strategy, which is really how you kind of get opportunity, how you engage with life, how you're meant to exchange your life force with the world around you and the strategy for the different types is quite different so starting with generators because generators get energy from doing things that they love and manifesting generators because they have that engine their strategy in engaging with life is to respond to life so everything in their life is an opportunity for response and the yes and the no it's really discerning what makes them feel alive versus what doesn't. But the manifestors are very different as energy beings. 
they're really here to, like I said before, just like make their own rules. They kind of get these surges out of nowhere that they want to create something or do something or go somewhere and they're meant to follow that. So their strategy is to inform in that they're basically meant to be like, okay, I'm doing this and now I'm going to tell you about it so you can join in if you want. And manifestors, I mean, they're so powerful. I don't know if you know any manifestors in your life, but they tend to be very kind of like, they're strong forces in that they kind of almost can have this like love hate energy because like you either love a manifester or you kind of like can't stand them. Like they're not really these like sort of in between cool with everyone people because they're meant to really create their own way. So their strategy of informing is like trusting their own guidance, trusting their spontaneous urges, trusting when they're on, trusting when they get these urges that are totally beyond their minds, following that and informing, telling people about it so that people can join in. So it's very different than the generator thing, even though it still is kind of like following their own energy. Mm. I mean, it's so cool when you can see that work in someone's life and you're like, oh, clearly this is how you're meant to operate because I mean, it's, see, the thing is like when someone's really operating according to their design, it doesn't, it doesn't feel wrong when you engage with it. Whereas when someone like a projector is trying to be a generator, it like clearly doesn't work. And there's kind of this like tension to it. Mm, um, that's literally yeah. me trying to be like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like with my, like, you know, trying to think of myself as like building a business and stuff like that, like, and, and trying to do it in the way that, you know, maybe I see other like, you know, coaches and stuff like that promoting their things or saying, you know, uh, a kind of, how they get things done like it just it's never felt right to me and every time I do that like I just feel so uninspired and so drained (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's draining so so every type kind of with their with their strategy with like how they're meant to feel they also have kind of this thing called the not self which is like when you're out of alignment and I mean the not self for a projector is this feeling of bitterness this not self for a reflector is this feeling of disappointment this not self for a manifester is anger and then generators and manifesting generators, it's frustration. So we all kind of have this like guiding feeling. It's like, Oh, nope, that's not it. I'm not using my energy correctly, but being exhausted and drained, like we all feel exhausted and drained when we're not really being ourselves and following our own guidance. Um, but it's so interesting how it's, it's all completely different. So like the manifester bursts and then the generators have kind of this more sustained thing and they're kind of responding to life. The manifesting generators, it's interesting, they can kind of get caught in the middle where they're tempted to like be manifestors, but really their their sacral, their generator thing ultimately runs them. So what can happen is they end up um, being kind of flaky or having this like fast manifestor response. It's like, yeah, I want to do that thing. But then two weeks later, they're like, oh, I don't actually really want to do that anymore. Or they get like really interested in something for a few months. And then a few months later, they're like totally not interested at all because they have kind of this really fascinating energy that's like kind of all over the place in the sense that they have both speeds. So they have kind of that bursting speed and then they also have that slower sort of response speed, but ultimately they need to listen to the response. So it's about understanding that you need to kind of like splash around in your passions before you fully dive deep so it is sort of this like hybrid and knowing that you have both inside of your system um but it still is running off of your own energy it still is kind of like running off of your own thing of does this make me feel alive yes or no that's sort of that like sacral response 
Whereas projectors, it's so interesting. This, the strategy of a projector is described as waiting for the invitation. As we spoke about a little bit at the beginning, you said that was kind of like the thing you remembered. So projectors, because they don't have that engine inside of them, because they're going into an environment and amplifying the productivity energy or the creativity energy, it's like, they actually have this ability to be so incredibly wise. Like projectors are really the seers because they don't have these engines kind of blocking up their system. So they can see something so clearly that other people can't really see as clearly. But the thing about seeing is that it's kind of this thing where your eyes are only pointing outwards. So projectors often can't see themselves as clearly as they can see whatever it is that they do see. So sometimes it's hard for projectors to even figure out what it is that they see so clearly because they can't really see themselves. So it's sort of this, this funny catch 22, but their ability to be so incredibly wise about energy and be able to be these guides and um, sort of understand energy from sort of a bird's eye perspective what happens with this is that because they're so incredibly wise, like beyond maybe even their own knowing, they can almost have a, like a know-it-all energy if they push themselves into spaces where they're not welcome. So it's like if you push yourself on someone or give, your, give someone unsolicited advice or tell someone like, hey, actually this would work so much better in your life and they didn't even ask you, it's going to come across in the wrong way. So this feeling of waiting for the invitation, it's, I mean, I think often projectors can feel kind of almost disheartened by it because they feel like, oh, well, I'm just supposed to like sit around and do nothing and wait for things to be dropped into my lap. But it's really not that at all. It's just like you do you and let the world come to you because you have so much wisdom to share that for you to go like push yourself into spaces where you're not welcome, that wouldn't actually be a good of your energy and the reality is you don't have as much energy as like a generator or a manifesting generator who can kind of like end up as these energizer bunnies and work 8 10 12 hours a day if they love what they're doing because they get energized from the thing so if you're wasting your energy in spaces or with people who don't see your gifts then it's just kind of like a waste of everyone's time so what's interesting about the invitation is that it can sometimes be this like receptivity or warmth where it doesn't have to literally be an invitation. You don't have to wait for someone to literally invite you somewhere. It could be like, oh, I feel seen by this person or I feel welcomed in. And then you can go there. But you just, it's just not forcing yourself into spaces where you're not welcome. So really such a big thing is honing in on whatever your gift is as a projector and understanding that you do have this niche, understanding that you do have this kind of different way of operating, this different like way that your system works. And when you understand that, make yourself available for invitations to come, like make it known that you do what you do. So even if you were to say like have a product that you wanted to sell in a store, you couldn't go to the store and be like, hey, I want to have my product here. But you could like make an Instagram page and make a website and like make it known that this product exists and then wait for the stores to come to you. So it's not a, um, 
it's not a passive thing waiting for the invitation. It's just really not putting yourself in spaces where you're not welcome because that's just a waste of your energy and a waste of what really is this incredible wisdom and this incredible genius. And then reflectors are a totally different breed. They're only 1% of the population. They have no definition in their chart. So their entire chart is white, except for the kind of like little lines in between, which are the gates, but all of their energy centers are open. So what happens with them is they're not really here to be guides in the way that projectors are, but they're really here to be like the ultimate mirrors. Historically, they were kind of like the ones in the middle of the tribe who would sort of reflect back how the tribe was doing. So if the projector was sick, it meant like the tribe wasn't doing well and that kind of thing. But what's so interesting about a, um, a reflector is that they are so affected by their environment because they don't have any of these kind of like energetic qualities coming from inside of them in these like bigger energies. So really they're just mirroring their environment. So they run on this cycle that's a 28 day cycle. It's in line with the moon. So they're, they're just like completely different beings in that they're so run on the cycle that it's kind of like every day in the lunar cycle, they sort of like almost show up as a completely different person because they're mirroring back this like shifting lunar energy. So when they're kind of navigating life and making decisions, they have to wait a full lunar cycle and then they kind of reach an inner knowing. And I mean, I've, I've spoken with a few reflectors at this point um, and I actually have a reflector in my family. And what I kind of understand is that how it sort of works for them, it's, it's less about like making things happen in any way. It's more about kind of like waiting for clarity in that this month you'll have clarity about what you were wondering about last month. And you kind of need to like let yourself show up as the different versions of you every day and not kind of try and like put yourself in a box or define yourself. And then the answers will reveal themselves to you. But it's a very different strategy. It's a very different way of navigating life because it is completely unique. Because every undefined center kind of adds this layer, this level of, of openness and receptivity and sensitivity and ultimately wisdom. But having a complete lack of definition is, is really its own special thing. So yeah, reflectors are kind of like the, the enigmas. They're really, <laughs> they're really different. I don't know if you've heard of um, Ama, the hugging saint. Yeah, I went to see her once before, yeah. No way. So she's yeah. a reflector. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Makes it's sense. really interesting because, I mean, people line up for ages to just get a hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they say what you environment for that. But I was thinking as you were talking about the reflectors, like how intense it would be for them to be in an environment where they're not being like an unhealthy environment like because they right. would just they have like like you say a lot less there to kind of prevent them from taking it on like have mm. you seen that play out too like because I, I feel like they would be so much more heightened like the amount of like intense like feeling and trauma and you know how it would affect them a lot deeper yeah it's I mean it's yeah it's challenging because I've, I mean, I've experienced it firsthand with a reflector who's in my life where it can be that they, 
become the furthest away from themselves because essentially if they're trying to fit in other people can dictate where they live what they eat how they sleep like all their different things they can literally just absorb other people's identities and reflect that and mirror that so if they're in the right environment they can totally thrive. They can be so incredibly wise, like so much can happen. But then as soon as they're in the wrong environment, like this reflector that I have in my life moved to a different city, truly looked like a different human being, moved back to the previous city where things were bad. And then things kind of got bad again, looks like a completely different person again. Like it's, it can literally happen on a physical level of like gaining weight, losing weight, like things like that. Um, so it's so interesting because for reflectors, the correct environment really is everything because then they can really thrive and the environment's not correct. It's, it's more challenging. But what's interesting is that the reflector aura is actually protective. So when they're living their design and not trying to be and operate like everyone else, basically their aura lets them kind of like sample other people's energies. And it's almost like trying on different costumes. They can try on the costume, and they can like mirror back what other people need to hear or see or whatever it is. They can be so wise, um, but they don't actually take it in too deeply when they're living their design because they do have this kind of like protective layer. So their aura is like described as resistant and sampling. So they can like sample other people's energies, but they're resistant to actually taking it in too deeply. So it's so interesting because a lot of people, when they find out their reflectors feel like, well, I'm just doomed. Like, I'm just going to be like constantly swaying to my environment. And it's, it's like kind of true, but it's also kind of really not true because they have this inherent protective thing. So yeah, it's not even necessarily that the more energy centers you have open, the more sensitive you are. Because let's say you have one energy center that's white or open or undefined. You could just be super sensitive in that area. Or if you have, um, yeah, all but one. It's like, there's so many kind of different layers to this thing. So yeah, even the most extreme end of having completely undefined chart being a reflector, it's like you do have this protective thing, but it can be, it can be challenging. Yeah. So talk to me more about those different like areas within a chart too. Like what, yes. what do they yes. like correspond to? Yeah, so in human design, there's nine different energy centers. So when I look at your chart, you have three energy centers that are defined and colored in. So there's kind of three places where that's your energy, that's you, you can really trust it, you can really lean back on it, you can really rely on it. And then the rest of your energy centers, so the six others, it's kind of, that's where you're more kind of susceptible to picking up stuff from other people and where you can ultimately be wise because you don't have any of your own stuff kind of blocking you there. But the different centers... So the nine centers, it's kind of like an expanded version of the chakra system because the chakra system, there's seven. Human design just says we're evolving as humans. So now we have nine um, in 2027. Everyone who's born 2027 onwards will have 11 energy centers, which is really cool. So there's like more sort of mutations happening, but the different centers, you have a center in the top of your head that has to do with inspiration. And then you have a center that's the second down in your head that kind of has to do with points of view and opinions and ideas. 
You have your throat center that has to do with communication. You have this diamond shape in the middle that's called the G center that has to do with love, identity, and direction. It's kind of like the sense of who you are and where you're going. You have a ego and heart center that has to do with motivation and willpower and also worth and value. And then there's an emotional center, which is like happy, sad, that kind of like emotional wave. Um, But what gets really interesting as you go down, it's like, there's the emotional center, but then there's the root center that has to do with pressure, drive, get up and go, but also like stress energy. So stress and emotions are separate. And then you have your sacral center that is the productivity, creativity, desire one. So emotions, desires, and stresses are separate. And then you have the splenic center, which is kind of the primal center that has to do with instincts and intuition. So intuition and emotions and stress and desire are all very different, but often we speak about these things very interchangeably. But the splenic center that has to do with intuition, it's like where fear and anxiety live as well, because it's kind of the other side of the coin of in the moment, knowing what you need to know to survive. So these different energy centers, they're really kind of splitting out these different things. Um, And yeah, if you have them defined or undefined, it kind of, it determines how you work (laughs) and where you sort of take in from other people, where you can be actually wise and then where you are, um, yeah, a bit more like firm in yourself. It's kind of like, I think of the defined centers, it's like you have like a backbone, You can lean back in that energy because you know it's you. You have like a fixed way of being in that sense. Whereas the open ones, you're more sensitive. So yeah, that's a very fast overview of um, what they are. But if you want, I can go a little bit more specifically into your chart. um, Yeah, that'd be fun. Talk about some specific things. Yeah. So as you know, you're a projector. So you are kind of here to be this guide, to be the seer. You're here to really find your niche and like guide the energy of that thing. And it's not that you need to, I mean, projectors can do so many things. They don't need to all be like yoga teachers or anything that's like so literal guiding. Um, You can, I mean, projectors are incredible actors. They're incredible business people. Like there's so many different things you can do as a projector. It's just that how you use energy is going into those productive environments, going into those creative environments, amplifying that, being the most productive, the most creative, but because you can amplify it, you can be incredibly efficient about it. So you don't actually need to be on all the time. And if you're on all the time, it can very easily lead to burnout. So you do need more rest as a projector. You do need more time to kind of unplug from that mentality of needing to be productive all the time. So for you to put your value in being a productive person or being a consistently creative person, that wouldn't actually be particularly helpful because it's like, yeah, sometimes you can totally amplify that energy and be the most productive, the most creative, but sometimes you're not going to be productive or creative at all. And that's okay. You're just not designed to have this kind of constant on thing. So yeah, that's your projector thing. And that's really coming from the, the undefined sacral center. Um, your strategy of waiting for the invitation. We spoke about that a little bit. 
your authority is really interesting. So do you actually, do you want me to share my screen with you so you can see your chart? Yeah, that could be cool. <laughs> okay. So do you see how you have these three centers that are defined and colored in? So you have your head center. So this is kind of your points of view, your opinions, your ideas, your throat center, it's expression, it's communication. And then you have this G center in the middle. This is like love, identity, and direction. So having these centers defined as a projector, it's really interesting because you have what's called self-projected authority. So this is quite a rare authority. And your authority is like the energy center that rules all when it comes to making like big life decisions. Mm. So everyone has a slightly different kind of system or energy that they're really meant to listen to when it comes to making decisions. It's like one energy center is going to be on. So for some people, the advice of listen to your intuition, listen to your instincts, that in the moment knowing, that's really correct for them. For some people to hear like, listen to your gut, listen to your body, that's really correct for them. For some people, like follow how you feel, listen to how you feel on an emotional level, that's correct for them. But for some people, it's not. <laughs> and for you, it's not. It's, you have this thing called self-projected authority, which is coming from this G center, this sense of who you are and where you're going. It's like on a soul level, you know who you are and you know where you're going. You have this sense of you. Who you are is consistent in the sense that, I mean, this might sound strange to you. You might not be able to like understand how it could be anything else, but like you show up as you no matter where you are. Mm. You have this like consistent way of being that like you have a truth of who you are and you also have the sense of like direction that's pulling you. Doesn't mean you have a perfect five or 10 year plan, but it's like, you know who you are, so you know where you're going mm. because you know what's right for you because who you are stays the same. It doesn't matter if you move to another country, you're still gonna show up as you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So your authority is coming from this place of who you are, but it's really interesting because you have this G center, this identity center connected to your throat center, which is voice, communication, expression, also connected to your head center, which is points of view, ways of thinking about things. So this self-projected authority, it's really important for you to know that it's about listening to kind of like the voice of who you are and the truth of who you are when it comes to making big life decisions. It's like, is this going to take me in the right direction? Is this meant for me based off of who the truth of who I am? Yes or no? And it's interesting because you really have to bypass the mind. You really can't let your mind make decisions for you, even though it's probably super tempting because you have a strong mind. And on some level, like you can really trust your point of view. You can really trust like your way of thinking about things. Like you have your perspective, like, you know what you think, you know, your opinion, like you have your ideas, you have incredible insights. Like you have this, you have this channel that's literally called the genius freak channel because it's like you have such a crazy capacity for really genius insights. Um, so 
your mind is incredible. Your mind is incredibly powerful. And you have this complete circuitry where all your centers are connected. So your mind can really be linked to this sense of who you are. But when it comes to making decisions, you're not making decisions from the center. You're really making decisions from the center that is like, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. So self-projected authority, it's really about bypassing the mind and asking the questions, is this going to take me in the right direction? Is this in line with who I am? Is this meant for me? And then listening to literally like what you say like using other people as kind of like a sounding board and you can truly listen to the sound of your voice. It's kind of that thing of if you ask someone how they're doing and they're like, I'm fine. And their voice like goes up 10 octaves and like, they're clearly not okay. (laughs) It's like, listen to how you speak when you're talking out a big decision. So when you're facing a, a big decision and when I talk about authority and the big decisions, it's like career relationships, moves, things like that. But when you're talking out those things with people you really trust, I mean, it requires kind of a certain like vulnerability with those people. And you don't want to just talk it out with any random stranger on the street because you're not talking it out with people to get their opinion or take in their energy in any way. You're talking it out almost to just hear what you say about it and hear literally how your voice sounds. Like, do you sound really firm when you talk about it? or not like when you talk it out does your voice start to like go up and pitch and kind of like waver or can you like kind of stay really grounded and firm and like is your voice kind of staying low are you really sort of secure sounding because this sense of identity is literally connected to your throat and voice and expression so paying attention to kind of like how you feel when you talk about a decision because it's all about right direction and authentic expression of self for you. So talking out things with people that you trust and I mean, maybe even people that you admire or look up to, but using them as sounding boards, using it to kind of bounce off things just to hear what you say and then following that. So it's interesting because you have what's called a single definition which is that kind of, you have these channels. So your head center is connected to your throat center, which is connected to the G center through this kind of direct channel up the middle there. So what this means is that you don't actually need anyone else's energy to complete your energetic circuit. It's like you have everything in you to process how you feel about something. You might find that like, you know how you feel about something way faster than most people in your life like you can kind of just process like that or you know how you feel super fast like even in like an emotional experience if you're in an experience with other people you might find that you know how you feel right away and other people are like well I don't know how I feel and like that might seem weird too like what do you mean you don't know how you feel like might just feel obvious to you that's kind of like the single definition thing so the tricky thing about this though is that most people have what's called a split. So if you look at your chart, you see how these channels, they're completely colored in. So this one's all black. This one has different colors. Whereas when you just have a gate, it's kind of colored in halfway. So most people have what's called a split, meaning they kind of have a break in the circuit. Some people have a triple split or quadruple split, which is just more splits. Um, But they actually really benefit from someone else's energy 
when they're processing because they can pick up on kind of these like links. They're sort of meant to make these energetic connections with other people to build sort of energetic bridges in their system. But it's like you have the complete bridge. So you don't actually need anyone else to process. So when you're making a decision, it's really important that you're not bouncing things off of other people to get their opinion or get their advice or to move away from yourself or to not trust yourself. You're literally using other people as sounding boards so you can hear what you say and discern whether or not you making this decision is in line with authentic expression of who you are or not. But you need to kind of like talk it out to get there. But it's super, super important for you to trust yourself and trust your own guidance with this single definition because you don't actually need anyone else's energy to process how you feel about something. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) It's super, it's a really interesting one. It's quite rare that I I come across a self-projected authority because most people, it is um, their emotions, if something's going to make them happy or not. But if you look, you have this emotional center, which is this triangle to the far right, you have it undefined, meaning you are actually very sensitive to the emotional energy of other people. So when you're around someone who is sad, let's say to a two out of 10, maybe they don't even know that they're feeling sad, you'll pick that up and you'll actually amplify it. You'll be so sensitive to it. You might feel that too, to like a six or an eight. You feel this amplified thing. So it's kind of like, I mean, typically people with an undefined emotional center, they relate to this idea of like being an empath because they literally take on emotional energy from other people. It's just about knowing that you on your own can kind of be like emotionally level and kind of like almost neutral. There's not a huge emotional wave that's naturally in you, but you will reflect and mirror back and kind of amplify the emotional energy of other people. So it's about not making decisions from an emotional place. And whenever you're feeling super emotional about something, you can ask yourself, like, is this mine or did I pick this up from someone else? Because you probably picked it up from someone else. (laughs) Or maybe your environment, or maybe you like watched a movie and it really moved you and it made you sad. Like it doesn't have to be always picking up other people's stuff, but often we do that with undefined emotionals. So it's, it's an interesting thing to know that how you're meant to come to big life decisions is just talking it out and being guided by the sense of who you are and like the truth of who you are. It's so different than the advice of like, just follow how you feel or even like listening to instinct or intuition. Um, It's such a, it's such a different quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting how those kind of phrases are thrown around so much. And I'm like really picking up on what you're saying about like almost like the, not the danger of that, but it it can't, it's not useful for everyone within their own unique kind of energetic blueprint. And yeah, I definitely resonate with what you said about my chart too, in that sense too. And um, yeah, it's just so funny in the kind of spiritual sphere, how, you know, those blanket terms are thrown around, uh, trust your gut, trust your heart, trust your intuition. But it's like, maybe only one of those is, you know, what's truly right for you to trust, you know? And, and, and it just right, makes right. sense to me because it's like, oh, wow, like we all experience that, you know, that knowingness in, in different areas of our body. 
So it's just beautiful to see it out there too and look at the chart and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is so interesting because it's like, I mean, this is kind of part of what we were talking about at the beginning of this idea of like outsourcing your guidance or, or things like that. It's, I mean, that's why this advice can be kind of confusing to people. I'm just like, oh, listen to your intuition. Like often I'll read an Instagram caption and someone will be talking about like, listen to your intuition. I'm like, no, they're actually talking about like your gut and your body. <laughs> like it's, it's so interesting having this framework to have some discernment between all of these things, because then you can understand, I mean, at least I've been able to understand for myself why a lot of that stuff didn't work for me in the past. Because when people just say like, oh, even just like, just do what makes you feel happy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you're an undefined emotional person, like honestly, you kind of like on your own, it's just kind of, I don't, like I'm an undefined emotional person as well, but I almost feel like emotionally just blank a yeah. lot of the time yeah. and it's not it's not being cold yeah it's not like detached it's just like neutral neutral yeah yeah. I saw that. yeah and it's like kind of calm it's like I don't actually really know what would make me feel like happy and like smiley because that doesn't that energy is not really ever mine like I can of course pick that up from other people or um, experience that and to a heightened degree, but yeah. me making decisions from that place, it just doesn't really make any sense. So it's so interesting, this, um, this discernment that comes just from looking at your authority, which is kind of, yeah, the energy center that rules all when it comes to making decisions. I think a really interesting thing to speak about in your chart, I mean, I could go more into the energy centers or I could, uh, kind of, pause and take a break. Often I'll take people through their authority and then I'll go to their profile, Mm -hmm. which is kind of this like archetype you're here to embody. So it's like a little bit of a different thing. Um, Do you know anything about your profile? Have you heard of it before? No, no, tell me. Okay. So there's 12 different profiles. Um, The two, four, the traditional name for it, and by the way, the traditional names for all of them are awful, so don't get like offended. But the traditional name is the Hermit Opportunist. <laughs> but the, the I, I resonate with that though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Mine's like the martyr heretic. It's like kind of <laughs> rough, but they are what they are. So typically your profile is described as your personality, but I think personality is more kind of the masks that we wear or um, how we kind of convince ourselves that we need to show up as. So I really see profiles as container your life is in, but it's these two numbers that are coming from different aspects of your chart. Um, This is kind of a more in-depth thing, but it's the gates that are on your sun and moon side of your unconscious and conscious side. If you look on yours, you'll see that this one says 0.4.4 and then 0.2.2 at the very top. So the two and the four is coming from those numbers and these 12 different profiles, you can either have what's called a transpersonal karma or a personal karma, depending on the order of the numbers. There's one profile that has like a neutral karma, but it's kind of off on its own, but having the second number be the bigger number. So the four as the second number, you have what's called a personal karma. So it's like karmically, you came here to clear up stuff with yourself. It's like by helping and healing yourself, you will help and heal others. 
Whereas for some people, it's like by helping and healing others, they'll help and heal themselves as a byproduct. But it's kind of like this flipped thing. So it's so interesting to me how for some people, they really kind of have that energy of like, oh, if you want to feel better about yourself, go help someone else. But then for some people that actually doesn't work, even though it sounds kind of selfish or bad or like you're not a good person if you don't just kind of want to like constantly be of service. But some of us really are here on kind of more of these like word journeys. It's like you will and you obviously do help a ton of people, but I can imagine it's been a bit more of like a, a self journey than necessarily being so focused on I need to do this for others. Yeah, for sure. It's been... Yeah, I just kind of wait for the the feeling kind of like, how do I describe it? It's more like, yeah, I'll be on like a in a process about something and then I'll have the feeling of, for me, it's been like connected to media. So I might just turn on the camera and something will download that I need to share with people and that will resonate with them. Or, yeah, sharing about a certain thing on a podcast or writing, you know, a piece of poetry about that thing. It's more of a creative expression that like okay cool I need to share about that and it's gonna maybe you know resonate or help someone or um yeah so it's more but it can only come from firstly doing that inner process or you know discovering that that uh, lens or that outlook or that that transformation or whatever it is that I've gone through and um that that comes in waves too there might be set like this year has been I felt quite like I think just with the intensity of everything, like I felt more neutral and numb, <laughs> like not as deep in a, in a process as, as I have been in previous years. And um, that's been interesting because it hasn't, I haven't felt the inclination to share from my heart, you know, just video, you know, cause I don't want to just add to the noise if I don't have something valuable to offer. And if I haven't like come to that, authentic place within myself to share from you know I wouldn't just want to like put out stuff for the sake of it (laughs) if that makes sense totally yeah I mean it has to start with you and I mean it it makes perfect sense looking at other pieces of your chart as well because even back to your centers it's like with your throat center defined you're meant to literally speak your mind and speak the truth of who you are but it starts with you but like that expression is is such a part of of your gift and really like who you're here to be and kind of like your zone of genius but yeah it has to start with you and that has to do with being this like personal karma as well um the two and the four are so interesting because they're almost opposites the two the hermit is kind of like it's this natural genius but a natural genius who just kind of like wants to be off in their own bubble and like not be bothered <laughs> whereas the four is like very social and wants to be with people and like make connections and is here to kind of have these lasting relationships with people so being a two four it's really about finding a balance between alone time and togetherness and like kind of being in your own bubble and being a bit more introverted and then also like really getting great opportunity through people that you know um even the fact that i'm on your podcast because a friend of yours like got us in touch. Like that's a very four thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then me having the natural like yes to it because if I don't yeah. have a yes, then I'm not going to like sit down and like record something. Like 
there's been other people who people are like, you should interview this person. Like a lot of people message me that and send me links and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, nah. Like, and yeah. I just start <laughs> again. But if it's a natural yes, then it's, yeah. So it's, really yeah, fun. definitely resonate yeah, with that. So, interesting. <laughs> so the two, it's like, you could totally be off in your own little cave forever and like be totally fine. But people always sense the fact that you have this, natural giftedness so the two is kind of always going to be called out to share whereas the four is about having these kind of longer connections with people so you're not designed to influence or be influenced by strangers in the sense that you meet someone randomly on the street and they change your life like that's less likely than you're introduced to someone through a friend or even like you find an apartment through someone you know, or you meet your partner at work, or like there's kind of this natural sense of like stability and network that then leads to all of the best things in your life. So it's about finding a balance between kind of being this like natural genius and trusting what comes really naturally to you and trusting also that kind of more introverted quality that just kind of wants to like hone in on your gifts but also just sort of like be alone and then connecting with others as well because you will find stability and ultimately like opportunity and thriving through people that you know through your network through your community and it's not even about needing to have like the biggest community in the world or like the most amount of friends <laughs> it's just like uh, you will have connection and contact come through that like I often tell people who have a four in their profile who are dating like they're not really designed to like use the apps and meet random strangers and go about it that way like it's much more likely they'll meet a person through someone they know or through kind of their network in their community so it's just a really interesting kind of archetype because the sort of natural giftedness the natural introversion um that is also about like trusting what comes easily to you like what comes easily to you that maybe you can't even explain why you're good at it you're just like i don't know i'm just good at this like you can't yeah put a reason or be like i studied this for 10 years that's why i'm good at it it's just like it naturally comes to you mm. really trust that and then also trust the part of you that then wants to bring that to your network to people. I mean, even the fact that like you've created such a beautiful community, it like makes so much sense to me with yeah. the <laughs> And the, the, I think it's, I reflected on just being very naturally like tech savvy has kind of, mm. like, obviously uh, that's a part of what I meant to do, you know, with mm. like just working it out, like podcasting, videoing, um, you know, I'm into photography and videography too. And, and just, and website design, like I've known, all of the aspects of my business platform like to do myself. Like I haven't had to outsource it because it's like, <laughs> if I need to know things, I'll just Google it or something or watch a video on it. And then I got it or it yeah. will just, I'll naturally know how to work with those <laughs> um, platforms. And yeah, like with the app too, it's all just kind of come <laughs> into my yeah field. What a gift. What a gift. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really I mean, that's like the ultimate two, four thing. It's <laughs> a natural gift and yeah. leading to this community that like brings you so many beautiful things. So mm. that's amazing. Um, but yeah, now looking at your actual chart, if you want, I can just go over your, your undefined centers and talk about those a little bit. So you have this uh, crown center at the top, very top triangle. This one's undefined. And this one... 
again, I mentioned it earlier, it has to do with inspiration. So it just means for you to be inspired, you kind of need to engage with life. You need something outside of you to sort of spark that inspiration. You're not designed to like wake up every single day, super inspired and like know exactly what's inspiring that day. Like you might feel super inspired one day and not inspired at all the next. And that's okay. It's very normal. Most people have this undefined. So it's quite a common experience. It's just about not getting super attached to inspiration when it comes. And yeah, know that sometimes you'll be super inspired. Sometimes you won't be inspired at all. And if you're ever feeling uninspired, if you engage with life differently, it might kind of spark that inspiration. So like listen to a new podcast, listen to some new music, go for a walk, like do something that will kind of maybe trigger that inspiration outside of you because you're, you're undefined in that center. So you're picking that up from your environment. And then when it's there, not expecting it to stay there forever. So what inspired you a week ago might not inspire you today or what inspired you last year might not inspire you today. And that's okay. So not kind of identifying with or feeling like you need to be inspired all the time is really great. Um, and then when it comes to thought, this one's really interesting because it's like, can sometimes be difficult to know what's inspirational when it comes to thought energy. So you can pick up that energy from others and again, like amplify it to have the most of it, but it's almost like you can end up thinking about things that don't matter. Like if you're really in your head and you're just thinking about stupid stuff and you're like, why am I even thinking about this? Like, I don't even really care about it. It's like, you can just kind of gently lean away from it and know that you probably pick that up from someone else. Like, I have the center undefined as well. And the other week I went into a target for the first time in a long time and I was there for way too long. But by the time I left, I was like thinking about all this stupid stuff, but I really haven't been around. I haven't been in like a busy store in a long time, like around a ton of different energies. So it was really interesting. I started having all these like weird thoughts in my head. I was like, I don't care about this. Like, why am I so focused on like this throw pillow right now? Like, I don't even care. So <laughs> it's interesting with this one undefined. You can catch yourself in those moments and be like, yeah, I'm thinking about things that don't matter. Like I can just lean away from this a bit. Um, and then if you look down, you have this little triangle, it's off on its own. So this is the ego and heart center, which has to do with willpower, motivation, worth, and value. So with this one totally open, you don't have any gates connected to it. It means that really on a soul level, it's like you got nothing to prove. Like if you're ever caught up in the energy of feeling like you need to prove yourself, that's really not yours. Or if you ever feel like you need to be consistently motivated or like prove your worth or prove your value or even just define your worth or your value, like all this stuff in, in spiritual spaces and the personal development world of like, know your worth, know your value. It's like, you know who you are. Like, you know the truth of who you are, but your worth and your value, like you don't have to define that because it's, it's undefinable. It's like, you don't have anything to prove. You're not here to prove yourself. So even like being motivated or having the willpower, of like consistently wanting something and going after it and just being able to like reach for it and not give up. And like, I don't know, like new year's resolution energy of like, if you only had the motivation, you'd like stick to this like workout plan. Like, 
that's not your energy. You're not here to prove yourself. You're not here to be consistently motivated even towards like money or fame or success. Like you're really here to kind of just be like, yeah, I have nothing to prove. I know who I am, but my worth and my value, that's like not up to me. So even in terms of motivation, it's like if you really want something and really feel motivated to go after it and you have all the willpower in the world and then the next day you wake up and you kind of like couldn't care less about it, like that's okay. You don't actually need to constantly be like reaching for the thing. And then your emotional center, we, we spoke about briefly, but that again is like where you pick up emotions from other people. It's why you're kind of like neutral in yourself, but you can identify with other people's emotions if you're not asking yourself, like, is this mine? Like, do I really need to lean into this? Or is this something that I can just be like incredibly empathetic about, maybe even reflect it back to them, then let it go because I don't have to hold it. That's really key for this one. Um, and then the root center at the very bottom, you have this one totally open, which means you're really not meant to constantly be like on this, like get up and go like stress energy. You can be very sensitive to the stress energy from other people. You can even be the most prone to like running from an adrenalized space of like, go, 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 go. But if you do that, it can really quickly lead to burnout because this center does have to do with the adrenals. So it's kind of like you can be so sensitive or it might even feel like abrasive if people put like a very strict deadline on you of like, okay, this needs to happen by this time. You need to get it done. It can feel like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's too much. So because you kind of amplify that pressure, that stress energy, you kind of have to watch for it because again, like you can get up and go and, and have like the drive and have the pressure to get going for windows of time. But if you were to sustain your energy from that place, or if you were to live in a constantly like stressed out state, it would be pushing from an energy that's not yours. And ultimately it would just lead to you burning out. So especially as a projector with an undefined sacral as well, it's like, you're really meant to live according to a really relaxed rhythm and that you're on, you can be super productive, like you can really get going, you can like work under pressure for short windows of time, but then you're meant to detach from that and like really rest and not take on the stress of the world or not feel like you need to hustle or you need to constantly be going just just because everyone else is. Because that's just gonna lead you to burnout. And then when you're burnt out, you can't do what you're here to do anyways, because you're just exhausted <laughs> and you have no energy. Um, and then the splenic center, you also have undefined, which is the one to the far left. And this one, again, is like fear, anxiety, but also instincts and intuition. So you're very sensitive to the like kind of fear energy, worry energy coming from other people. But this also means you're very sensitive to other people's instincts and intuition. It's almost like you can get intuitive hits for other people, but your intuitive hits of just like in the moment knowing it's kind of the energy of you get into a car and you're just be like, you're like, Oh, I shouldn't be in here. It's this sudden thing that really happens. Um, I think of intuitive hits, like they happen once in the moment and then they're gone. It's not like a nagging thought. It's not this like 
lagging feeling, but you really get that for others because you're picking up on other people's intuitions. So you might be able to actually hear intuitive messages for other people, but intuition isn't actually a super strong guiding force for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely resonates with like, because I'm studying to be a counsellor too. Um, mm. And I already do like um, online mentoring sessions. I've kind of got a diploma in it already, but I'm studying to do my full kind of degree. And it's, yeah, it's definitely like resonates with when wanting to kind of, you know, expand and work more down that path too. Um, because it's, yeah, it's just about, I, I just reflect and noticed um, like within those sessions, um, like even if I might be a n bit nervous or whatever to, to kind of, you know, start to open up and, and call myself a mentor or whatever. It's like there's certain moments where I'll just get that, you know, that hit and I'll just say something and then it'll be what that person needs to hear. And, you know, that's yeah. the same obviously with videos. And when I do women's circles, it's kind of I'll just hang back and then there'll be something that might need to be said for someone who's there or someone who is watching. Or, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, you're really here to be a mirror for other people's intuition, which is so beautiful. But what can happen with the center undefined is that because like the fear and anxiety is the other side of that coin, you can end up holding a lot of like of the collective fear and anxiety in your body. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, which I mean, I can imagine right now is a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's about also knowing that that's a part of it too. So really you're here to be wise about that energy. Like you're really here to understand that we don't need to be afraid all the time. Like you have so much wisdom here. You only have one gate, um, which really means that for you, detaching from fear is so important and not in the sense that you become reckless not in the sense that like oh there's no fear i'm totally fearless i'm gonna go like jump out of a hundred airplanes <laughs> it's just about knowing that fear and anxiety doesn't need to run your life and you don't need to hold it for other people like if you take on other people's stuff just like with the emotion and the stress it's like you don't actually need to hold it in your body for them so again you can kind of ask yourself when you're really feeling that energy, like, is this mine? Do I really need this? Yeah. It's been so interesting this year. Cause I feel like probably for all of us, we've been like consuming so much media around what's going on worldwide. And it's like, and then I feel like that has, you know, I've just like in a couple of months ago, I was just like so much more enmeshed in it. And then I like really had to just, stop engaging with anything like that because it was just it was not serving me at all and I just had to make a decision to say like I just need to focus on what I can create from this you know and how I can like serve and help through this um, and it's not I don't need to know all the details about what's happening because like that's just going to create more of that fear and anxiety and I don't really need to to carry that but I, I still feel like there's an element of that collective fear and anxiety that still is playing in with all of us really but I definitely you know have to keep like moving it for sure yeah yeah I can imagine watching the news or being too tuned into that stuff would be really challenging for you mm -hmm. it's like and it's just it's just not serving you like I really 
I mean, honestly, I don't really feel like watching the news is that great for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the information you need is going to get to you anyways, but so much, I mean, with your defined centers, with your defined head center, your defined throat, your defined identity center, it's like you're here to use your voice and trust the truth of who you are and speak your mind and like speak things into being and really express from your voice and trust your voice and know that your voice is there for you and you can trust the truth of who you are. But if you're really plugged into like anxiety and stress and like feeling like you need to go, go, go all the time and other people's emotional stuff and like yeah. all of this weirdness, it's like that whole kind of lower section of your chart is undefined. So if you plug into that energy too much, it takes you away from this incredible gift you have of these three centers up top that are connected to each other. That really means like you have such a powerful voice. So much in your chart is about expression, even down to the little specific gates. Um, but yeah, if you're picking up stuff that's not yours or holding on to stuff that's not yours, it's going to dilute your power. It's going to dilute your energy. And you're here to ultimately show everyone else who has defined centers down below. Like I have a defined splenic center. So my intuition, I don't really get intuitive hits for other people, but my intuition is a strong guiding force for me. But I do have a level of fear and anxiety that's kind of like natural and normal for me. And I have to ask myself like when I'm feeling afraid, okay, am I actually afraid or is my intuition trying to tell me something? And I have to mm -hmm. kind of look at the other side of the coin. But someone like you can be so much wiser than someone like me when it comes to fear and anxiety. So you can be such a gift, like a mirror and such yeah. a gift, but you can only be the mirror and be that gift if you're not identified with other people's stuff in these areas. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's the overview of, of your projector chart with your, your defined centers. It's, it really is such a, it's such an interesting I mean, everyone's chart to me is so interesting, but they're all so different. And, and you really are here to, to be this voice, to use your voice and, and to trust the truth of who you are, which is such a gift. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, maybe in the future we can, we can talk separately and I can tell you all about your gates and all these amazing other qualities that you have. Mm -hmm. There's so much, there's so much here. Mm -hmm. so just like layer one of the crazy Crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to like kind of wrap up and, and share with people yeah. how if they want to get their chart read, like what you offer and what yeah. it looks like and you know, how long the sessions go for and what they can expect and mm -hmm. yeah. Anything else you feel to share about you and, and your totally. offerings? Yeah. So right now, as of the time of this recording, I am essentially doing readings where they are about two hours long. Sometimes it's a little bit more, but we go over the foundations of your chart. So we go over your type, your authority, your strategy, how you're meant to navigate your unique energy, how you're meant to make decisions, and then also into your energy centers. So where you pick up energy from others, where you can really trust like the backbone of your energy and trust like what's really coming from you. Um, yeah, we go into all the foundations and then an overview of the gates, which are kind of like 
these specific qualities or specific things that you really have to tap into. So altogether, I kind of think about it as like honing in on what your zone of genius is. So the are kind of like your energetic gifts. So we go over all of that and yeah, it takes about two hours. So it's a, it's a really beautiful thing, but I am doing that for people via Zoom. So I'm speaking to people all over the world, which has been so much fun. I started a brand and website called Wild Home. I really think of human design as about like essentially rewilding your inner world and moving away from sort of maybe the domesticated version of you where you were taught to be like someone else or, or taught to live and exist in another way and coming back to what is ultimately natural. So what I think of as wild within you. So I have an Instagram account that is wild home with periods in between all of the letters. <laughs> But if you follow along there, I'm really sharing kind of just my, my view on human design and how I see the system as, as so relevant right now. And then if you feel called to book a reading off of that information, you can do that via my website, which is just wild-home.com. Um, and this is the first time I'm going to say it publicly, but I myself am coming out with a podcast that should be out soon-ish <laughs> yeah but i no guarantees for when it will be out <laughs> but that should be sometime in the future so different things coming but right now yeah still individual readings via zoom um, where we can go into all of the things mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much for this conversation it's been yeah you just have such a beautiful way of articulating this obviously like complex system but the way that you've kind of distilled it through your own um perception and kind of yeah i don't know it just it just resonates with me really deeply and um yeah i i really i know and feel that so many other people who listen to this will be inspired too and especially at this time where a lot seems you know, unknown or whatever in the external, it's, it's the perfect time for us to really like harness those inequalities. And like you say, through the human design, like kind of understand how that is best for us to show up within our own energetic capacity. So yeah, for me personally, it's been like really um, eye-opening and, and affirming. And like you, we said through the podcast, it wasn't anything new, but it was just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, remembering more and more yeah 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 that is me. yeah yeah so it's been amazing and um yeah i'll leave all the links to your work everything below anyway in like the show notes and and stuff and i'll do a post and you know share about your work too so we can just get people yeah on board and and i'm sure they'll yeah be really keen to work with you Oh, I'm so glad. It was so wonderful speaking with you. I'm so glad to be able to share this. It really does feel like, yeah, the timing is right to share this information. And um, I really do trust that if people are meant to find it, I really believe that it's it's the right time to find it. Um, but yeah, it's such, a, it's such a gift for me to be able to share this. So I'm so glad I was able to share a little bit of your chart with you.